This episode of Inside EMS Podcast is sponsored by LogRx. Learn a better way to track your narcotics at LogRx.com. Well, guess what time it is? It is time to go inside EMS. There's no guess. We know what time it is. You hit the play button. You know exactly what's going on. We are going inside EMS. It's the Chris and Kelly show, or as Kelly likes to say, the Kelly and Chris show, but he knows that he's wrong. It should be. And here he is, my friend, the one we call Kelly Grayson. Kelly Grayson, KG, what's going on? Oh, man, saving lives, stamping out disease and pestilence. I was back on an ambulance this weekend, so... Yeah, how was that for you? Did you find out you missed it or you're still Oh man, I you know, I I like I like working on an ambulance. I always have. Sometimes I don't like the people I work for. <laughs> and and sometimes I don't like the people I work with, but the people I work on, that's why I go back and do it. But this this little small little agency I'm working for and and they're they're trying to build something that wasn't there before the health system bought them out. So we're doing doing good and it's mainly mainly they do inter facility transfers, but they also catch nine one ones, and that's basically all I did the other day is is nine one one calls, in, including a pretty pretty gnarly gnarly case. I can't really talk about, but it was, it was pretty challenging. So why'd you bring it up if you can't talk about it? Well, you know, hippo the, the hippo hippo will be uh, trampling me down. So so here's one of the things. So everyone you know, knows where I live, knows where I work. It's pretty easy to yeah. Pin there's a small, like fourteen people in the town. Yeah, so, and, and I will tell you this though. So I am doing some work with a new company called Quick Medic, head yeah. of operations, and my new gig. But we're actually moving into Rochester, Buffalo, Syracuse, Binghamton. Not far. But I looked how I looked at Potsdam. You are way north, man. You oh man, I'm way north of Potsdam. I'm 30 miles north of Potsdam. Oh really, man? Yeah, I was I, like, I, man, I he's in... almost speaking Canadian. Pull out of my driveway, take a left. Drive 400 yards, take a right, and three minutes later, you're on the St. Lawrence River looking at the bridge to Canada. So I am about five minutes from Canada. Craziness. So you're so, up there, yeah. man. No wonder you're yeah. no wonder you have a little French accent going That's on. Right. But it's a beauty, eh? It is. But <laughs> Kelly, one of the things that you know we talk about a lot is you know, situational awareness. And yep. it's something that is really a focus that we need to pay attention to and our colleague i'm gonna hopefully i don't kill her name carly demonin is that how you would say that you're good with names but more with last names than i am um, i'm i'm pretty pretty brutal with names as well yeah so, i think that's i think that's correct but if we're wrong carly please forgive us no but... I, I think i think you did it you for once you didn't butcher a pronunciation how about how about that you didn't but, uh... put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable there you go, man. But we were inspired by your article yeah. and we're going to put it in the show notes for you guys to check out. And we think about EMS and we think about how we go about our business and there are levels of self-awareness. And, you know, we talk about keep your head on a swivel and I've used that for a lot of years mm -hmm. because we have gotten complacent on scenes. I think that paramedics are great at ensuring the scene is safe. I think paramedics and EMTs are poor in maintaining scene safety. Yeah. And once we say the scene is safe because it's universal precaution scene safety, 
we forget about what's going on. We're on a highway. We got cars zipping around us at 70 miles an hour. We're in somebody's home. We're in, in the community where there's been an assault and things are starting to you yeah. know, go south very, very quickly. I mean, we can just count the calls and the numbers of challenges that we've had in our careers that have put us in situations that we probably shouldn't have stayed in. And there are levels of self-awareness, and we're going to talk about those levels of self-awareness. Various ways to describe these levels are what's known as Cooper's colors, and there's mm -hmm. situational awareness, you know, tuned out, tuned out, relaxed awareness, focused awareness, high alert, and comatose, which I think is yeah. very, very interesting, but it's a psychological component of that. But Kelly, when we think about tuned out, I think that from the bravado of EMS, I think that that's where we find a lot of our focus sometimes. And it's the first level is when someone is not paying attention to what is happening around them. It's similar to when someone is driving in a familiar environment, they're listening to their favorite song, and then all of a sudden uh -huh. you have uh, highway hypnosis or whatever they want to call that, right? You miss mm -hmm. the exit and you're like, what the heck white, is that? White line hypnosis. Exactly. So, but now when we think about being tuned out, I mean, is it just because we're complacent? Is it because we're comfortable? Is it because we don't have that sense of situational awareness? I mean, what do you put this up to? Uh, I think a, a good deal of it is complacency. You know, I keep telling my students what kind of scenes get EMTs killed, and they'll always say, you know, this or that type of interpersonal violence or, or shootings, and, you know, and those don't get EMTs killed. And I say something that shocks them until they think about it. I said, safe scenes are what get EMTs killed because we don't go into unsafe scenes we stage outside until the men in blue with badges and, and firearms show up to make it safe for us to enter. It's the scene that we set our scene safe BSI, you know, did our jazz hands like it was some kind of talisman to ward off evil. We didn't maintain situational awareness during the call and something went south. It's the call that you're in that you initially deemed safe. That's the one that gets you killed because you don't see it coming. And, and I think to a large extent, it is complacency. It, it is hard. And, and Cooper pointed this out in his, in, when he originally came up with the color code of, of situational awareness or the color code of the combat mindset, that it's hard to stay on high alert all the time. It's mentally draining. And, and your life kind of sucks if you're always in condition orange, you know, and, and hyper aware of everyone around you. I think on the on the other end of scale, condition white is a place you never ever want to be unless you're sleeping in a locked house. But yeah, I think we get a little lazy. I think we, you know, Chris, when you're driving to work or you're driving around a route you've taken a million times before, fess up. You zone out a little bit. You're listening yeah, I mean, to that's... the radio. You're you're not necessarily paying attention to everything that's going right. on around. And that's the subconscious mind. Your subconscious mind wants, it handles all the processes in the body and it wants yeah. to make life easy for you. And that's what causes it. But I think one of the things from a paramedic standpoint, and I had somebody say this to me one time in one of the seedier neighborhoods of the coverage area, a guy walked up to me, he goes, you look scared. I said, man, I, I'm really not scared. He goes, well, you guys don't have to worry because we're going to protect you because you, you are the guys who are coming to save us when we, you know, shoot it, we shoot each other. And okay. I got to tell you though, I mean, that mentality caused me to have a little bit of complacency. Yeah, it, it settled me a little bit to say, 
Well, that makes sense. But you know what? Then I was on a scene one time and it was going south relatively quickly. And there was a lot of screaming and a lot of finger pointing. And I don't think I was going to be very safe if things broke down. So, but yeah. interesting though. Number two is relaxed awareness. This is the second level. Relaxed awareness is like defensive driving. Yes. This is a mental state which one is relaxed, but we're also watching to see what's going on. We're watching the other drivers that are around us. And we're kind of keeping ourselves in a position that we're not heightened, but we are paying attention to what may be going on around us. And yeah. one of the things that we have to be able to think about is I think that this is where we need to be on every single call. Rather than being tuned out, we have to have some relaxed and, yeah. and be aware of our surroundings. And we have to know what's happening and then what could potentially happen if we kind of move forward. You know, back in the old days, I was working for an ambulance company and we were doing SIVO and they wanted us to voice while we were driving all the things that were happening around us that could cause a potential problem. Yeah. And so that was that relaxed situational awareness to where, you know, well, there's a bird, he can poop on the windshield and then he's going to view, you know, skew my, and you're like, well, let's not get crazy now. Well, really, could it be? But relaxed awareness, what do you give them? I, I, I think this is the steep spot for situational awareness. This is something that's fairly easy to maintain. It's not mentally or physically, uh, physically draining on you. It is, it is a, it's a condition and, and a habit that can be taught as Carly pointed out in her, in her column, Nancy, you know, I'm in this condition all the time. I try to be a trained observer and I try to practice those skills. We'll be driving somewhere and I'll say, dear, oh, check out the dogs. Oh, look at the ducks. And she'll ask me, how do you notice these things? And I've always called it hunter's eyes that, you know, you always have your scan going and when something looks out of place or there is motion that, that differs from everything else, you know, you, you zero in on it. And, but otherwise you just, as you say, you keep your head on a swivel, you keep your scan going and you keep tracking all the motion around you. At Acadian Ambulance, they taught us the same thing with with our visual scan while we're driving. Look at the far zone, look at the near zone, look at the middle zone, check your mirrors, and keep going through that scan methodically so that you're never taken by surprise. But you can stay in condition yellow indefinitely, and it doesn't uh, that that heightened or uh, that relaxed alertness, and uh, it it works for you, and and you will rarely be taken surprise by surprise. Yet you're not stressed out. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I want to point out is we are talking a lot about driving and Cooper's mm -hmm. Colors was really developed for driving awareness, right? But what we're trying to do yeah. is we want to be able to put this into the context of use it anytime. So if you're familiar yeah. with well, it. You know, it was, his were, was the combat mindset. It's about right. specific threats to you where you might have to use a firearm. But but it, it's applicable, as you pointed out, in every Right. Situation. Aspect of what we yeah. do. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead, Kelly. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back on the other side and we'll talk about uh, focused awareness. Designed and founded by EMS professionals, LogRx provides real time accountability of all your narcotics from cradle to grave. Reach out today for a demo and download the app on the iTunes and Google Play stores. And coming soon, LogRx will also track your medical supplies, equipment, PPE, and even vehicle checks. For more information, visit LogRx.com. That's L-O-G-R-X.com. 
All right, we're back with you. We're talking about the, you know, how to practice situational awareness. And we're talking about Cooper's colors, the level of awareness. We covered tuned out. We covered relaxed awareness. And number two or number three is focused awareness, Kelly. This is where we are really kind of paying attention to what's going on. And we're uncomfortable. We know that we've got to be vigilant. We're we're focused on what's going on around us. And this may bring a little bit of stress in this yeah. uh, condition, but focus awareness is something that you're paying attention to every little thing that happens and you're kind of predicting or you're kind of figuring or you're yeah. kind of making a plan for how to deal with it. You know, James Mathis, Mad Dog Mathis has a great quote and I'll paraphrase be it. Be nice, be polite, have be, a plan to kill everyone you but meet. Have, have, yeah, have a plan to kill everyone right. you meet. Or, have, or does it have a plan to kill everyone in the room, maybe? Yeah. But but this is focused awareness, right? So, you know, you're smiling, yeah. but you are paying attention to every That's single right. piece of stimulus that you can for your own safety, for the safety of your crew, for the safety of your patients, and go ahead and riff a little bit on focused awareness. Yeah, well, Cooper, Cooper, the, the thing that dishes condition orange, focused awareness versus relaxed awareness, condition yellow, is that in orange, you have identified a specific threat or a specific thing that, that warrants your attention and you focus on that particular thing. And, and that could be someone, you know, you're driving around and you're, you're in that condition yellow state and you look up and you see someone who's driving a little recklessly or he's speeding or he's weaving a little bit. And you kind of keep that guy in your scan and, and maintain awareness of that person or, whatever situation, whatever other situation you're in, be it non-driving -dri or non-driving. In Condition Orange, you set a, you, you impose a set of mental triggers that, that you will enact and you start to make a plan for how you're going to react if whatever the situation that you anticipate being in escalates to a higher condition. If X happens, do Y. If this person makes the threat or if this person makes attempts physical action toward me, I will do this thing. If he draws a gun, I'm going to be ready to shoot him, whatever the case may be. So you, you start to make a plan on, on what actions will dictate your next response and you try to keep your options open, but you're, you're specifically focused on a, a specific threat and, and, you know, trying to come up with a solution set to, to deal with that particular threat. It's that, you know, that OODA loop that we talk about, you know, you're, you're observant, you're oriented. Now you, it's time to make a decision. And what will that decision be if the time comes? Yeah. And one of the things I, I was thinking about, when have I ever been in this situation? And I was always a paramedic. And I think even more than being a paramedic, it, always in relaxed awareness, right? is I don't want to become a victim and I want to be able to make sure that I, I take care of myself in any situation, take care of the people I'm with in any situation. And I do a lot of things, you know, I'll move, you know, the ladies to the inside or I'll have them walk in front of me so I could see what's going on and, you know, those types of things. But there was one time on a call where I was in a state of relaxed awareness and a family member came by and actually lifted his shirt and put his shirt on the inside of his concealed carry weapon. And I thought automatically, why the heck did he just do that? And now I'm running the scenarios in my head to say, is he going to pull that thing? Yeah. You know, so it really kind of moves you very, very quickly from relaxed awareness to that focused awareness. So number four is high alert. 
This is the fourth level high alert. It's generally, this is where we start to get into that adrenaline rush. That's where our eyes still start to dilate. That's where our breathing will change. That's where we're really in a situation that maybe we can even say is a bit scary, Kelly, and that we need to be able to make certain that we probably do something other than stand there and wait, which will go into our fifth level of situational awareness. But we, we got to be able probably to beat feet. I mean, this truly mm-hmm. now becomes the fight or flight situation that we yeah. have to be able to make a determination of get out of there or are we going to defend ourselves? I will tell you as an EMS leader, the answer is never to defend. The answer is always to run. Defense should be your last offense and defense should be your last call for action. It's always get out, leave the equipment, leave the monitor, leave the drugs, leave your partner. Don't leave your partner make sure you grab and push him out the door first. But this is the fight or flight that we should be able to pay attention to. And uh, this is serious. Yeah. Defense is something you do. If it comes to physical blows and physical action, that's what you do to enable you to escape. That's that you're not going to engage in a fight with someone. First of all, you know, the best way to win a fight is not be in one. And, you know, it's, it's hard to defend legally if there was an avenue of escape. So that's the whole purpose of that. I found it interesting that you, you know, you were talking about the seeing the guy who who lifted his shirt up and exposed his firearm. Anybody who's carrying a firearm in their waistband that, you know, is is automatically sketchy to me. You know, get a holster for the thing, you, you rookie. But there is there's an excellent class that many firearms trainers use this, but there was a there was a a, a defensive trainer and a second amendment trainer named uh, Dr. William April that talked about managing unknown contacts and and how to spot victim what they call grooming behavior where they're they're pre-attack indicators and one of the things that you really look for you know as a patient the the subject's looking around and scanning around and he's looking for other threats or is there anybody watching and, and that sort of thing but this picking around at your belt line, at the hem of your shirt and everything is a is a big unconscious telltale thing that tells you that someone is preparing for violence or maybe preparing for violence. And that 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 kind of puts you really focused on on condition orange and and about to be in condition red if they're if they're keep up this grooming behavior, if they get any closer with the condition red, you know. There's an immediate danger. There's an immediate threat. We have to do something about it. That something does not necessarily mean we have to shoot or we have to engage in violence or we have to run, but your mental trigger has already been tripped. You have said, okay, you know, in condition orange, you impose that set of mental triggers. Okay, if he does this thing, I'm going to do this in reply. And now that mental trigger has been tripped. Now, you still have options at that point. You can back away. You can say, hey, stop if you're or or draw your weapon if that were the case, if you're carrying a weapon, but you don't necessarily have to fire it. That may be one of those things, and but you still keeping your options open. And we hope that you don't ever get into, say, condition black where you cannot respond or you are actually engaging in, in deadly force with someone. But that's the that's the end of the thing when and as Cooper pointed out and as our as our columnist pointed out, you don't ever want to be on either end of the scale. Never want to be blissfully unaware. I never want to be on the far end where you're so so deep into the 
to them that they, you have overreacted. There's a, a nice middle ground to be, and that was probably condition yellow for most of us. And it's something you can learn to do. And I think the fifth one you kind of talked about is level black. That's yeah. comatose. It's it's where you actually freeze. You literally freeze. And you have to be able now to move yourself. And the best way to do that is really to yell at yourself out loud. So you may be saying in your head, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. One of the things that you want to do is actually yell, move, get out of here, run, or whatever it is. I've been in this situation one time where I didn't know what to do. And it's not like you watch on TV. I actually watched a cop shoot an attacker. And I was walking and I was heading towards where they were because they ran to a further part. So I was actually running there. And I I actually heard the gunshots after. And then I just stopped and didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I know that I probably needed to go to the patient's side. He shot her once in the chest, once in the upper, upper abdomen. But I couldn't move, Kelly. I was, yeah. I, I was, I, and I, my brain, it took... It took seconds for me to start to process the information. And I didn't know if it was a threat. I didn't know, but I was, I was scared and I didn't know, even though the cops are good guys, right? I was still scared mm -hmm. and I was, I was literally stuck in my frozen in my spot. And I kind of talked to the cop after that. And he's the one who told me that when you get in that situation, you almost have to yell at yourself out loud to say move because yeah. you, you can plant yourself there yeah. and grow roots very, very quickly. Have you have you ever have you ever seen the tactical Dalai Lama? No memes. You know it's got the it's it's got a picture of the of the Dalai Lama giving some lecture or making some point to someone, and they they put the caption is like you know when when crap goes down, get off the axe and use your you know use your appointment uh, your opponent's confusion to skin that smoke wagon and make it rain, you know? <laughs> that sort of thing. But but movement is life. If you're being attacked. If you can get away in EMS, get away and, and move, get out of that scene. Freezing will get you killed and freezing will kill your patient. If you're in that type of situation, keep thinking, keep thinking. You always have an out. Sometimes you have to remind yourself of that. And the best way to never find yourself in condition black is do the mental preparation that if this happens, I'm going to do the next thing. So you know what your your movements are practicing and, and nothing takes you by surprise. But those are those are the conditions of situational awareness. And they are things that that a great many of us, myself included sometimes. So you know what you can't always be in a in a heightened alert uh, situation. But all too often, uh, <clears throat> the average citizen will wander blithely around in condition white, blissfully unaware. And don't be one of those people who can be victimized because you're unaware of your surroundings. Practice situational awareness. Take care of yourself. Take care of your partner and your patients. And thanks for tuning in inside EMS. We're going to catch you guys next week.